to dive into topics on how to live a happier, healthier, more fit, and long lifespan, then you've come to the right podcast. Live in the dream with me, Coach Damian Evans. Together, we will explore the topics on all things health, fitness, and wellness. Together, we will be lifelong learners on this journey to living the ultimate dream. What up, Dream Team? Coach D here coming at you from beautiful, sunny San Diego. And in today's Megaphone episode, we will be shouting out Stanford Professor of Neuroscience, Professor Andrew Huberman. I subscribe to his podcast, his social media, and he also has a pretty informative newsletter. And the following information came from a recent newsletter that I just received. It's called How to Enhance Your Gut Microbiome for Brain and Overall Health. We all have trillions of microorganisms living inside our gut, not just our stomach, but our intestines, our throat, and our mouth. They're on our skin, in our eyes, our nasal passages. These are living things living on us in almost every imaginable place on and in our bodies. Oh my, that sounds bad or gross, right? But it turns out that these microbiota are essential for our immune health, our brain health, and our hormonal health, in part because they make chemicals that immediately impact how the rest of our body functions, including neurotransmitters like serotonin and things of that nature. The bottom line is we need to nurture these living microbiota cargo to best support our mental and physical health. Examples of symbiotic mutualism relationships are all over nature, just like moss that grows on trees or birds that clean larger animals in exchange for food, or even finding Nemo style, how clownfish team up with sea anemones as shelter and protection. The examples in nature are endless and us humans, we're really funny because for some reason, We try to disconnect ourselves as far as we can with nature, but we are nature. No matter how much we think we're apart from it or above it, we are nature. During episode 62 of the Huberman Lab podcast, Professor Huberman explored the impact of the gut on the nervous system. It's called the gut-brain axis and how the gut contributes to feelings of hunger and satiety. In episode 63 of Professor Huberman's podcast, he interviewed Dr. Justin Sonnenberg. He's a professor of microbiology and immunology at Stanford University and a world expert on the microbiome. He discussed how gut microbes affect mental and physical health and how we can all improve our gut health. That should be insane to you. These little things living inside and on us, affecting our mental and our physical health, that's crazy. I'll include the links to episodes 62 and 63 of the Huberman Lab podcast if you'd like to dive in deeper in the description of this Megaphone episode. For those of you that don't know, microbiota diversity is a measurement of the number of different species of microbiota in our gut. A low diversity is considered a marker of dysbiosis or microbial imbalance. It's not great if our goal is overall health. You don't want a low diversity. 
And it has also been associated with autoimmune diseases, obesity, and cardiometabolic conditions. Professor Huberman summarizes six tools that can help increase microbiota diversity and improve your overall gut health and thereby your body and your brain health. So let's go through these six tools that can help increase microbiota diversity. Number one, eat fermented foods. Dr. Sonnenberg discussed the findings of his recent human study in collaboration with Dr. Chris Garner of Stanford, of course, in which they investigated whether diets high in plant-based fiber or fermented foods would influence the health of the gut microbiome. Their results show that fermented foods increase overall gut microbiota diversity as well as reduced key markers of inflammation, aka the inflammatome. They call it the inflammatome. That's a really fancy word. And in this study, participants ate six servings per day of fermented foods. That's way more than I eat right now. Six servings per day of fermented foods. However, higher total amounts of ingested fermented foods did not lead to further benefits. Instead of focusing on more fermented foods, you should focus on consistently incorporating just getting fermented foods into your daily diet. This is to achieve better outcomes for gut microbiome health and inflammation reduction. So try incorporating low sugar fermented foods into your diet, such as sauerkraut, plain yogurt or Greek yogurt, kimchi, kombucha, natto, kefir, or even drinking brine. So one more time, sauerkraut, plain yogurt or Greek yogurt, kimchi, kombucha, natto, kefir, or even drinking brine. Find these products in the refrigerator section to ensure that they are live active cultures because shelf-stable fermented foods are pasteurized. Therefore, they're not going to offer the same boost to the gut microbiome. If they last longer after you've bought them, then therein lies should be a sign to you that the food product is probably not the type of fermented food that you're searching for. So yes, they go bad faster, but they're probably better for your health, which kind of sucks. It's like when you buy all the vegetables and the fruits, it's like the first thing that goes bad and you they go bad right after you bought them. It's so frustrating. Also, there's cost-effective ways to make your own fermented foods. So instead of, instead of buying like a kombucha for $6 at Vons, you could always make your own little scoby at home. And there's tons of videos on YouTube on how to do this. You could do it with sauerkraut as well. What about fiber? In this study that we just talked about, a high fiber diet did not lead to an increase in microbiota diversity. However, High fiber diets did increase the amount of carbohydrate active enzymes, which help digest fiber and could further enhance the microbiome's ability to degrade other complex carbohydrates. So the fiber didn't necessarily itself increase the microbiota diversity, but what it did do was it allowed us to digest the fiber, which helped our microbiome. So that's very interesting. So fiber is probably beneficial. And there's a really good book called Fiber Fueled by Dr. Will Bolsowitz, who is the fiber doctor. If you want to learn more about fiber, I definitely recommend checking out Dr. Will Bolsowitz's work. Um, Additionally, some participants in the high fiber group showed a reduction in markers of inflammation. So the high fiber group had lower markers of inflammation. 
plant-based high-fiber foods, example, uh, vegetables, legumes, whole grains, plant-based high-fiber foods offer significant benefits for overall health and can provide key nutrients for our established microbiota, the ones that we already have. So number one is eat fermented foods. Number two on the six key tools to improve your gut microbiome and health, number two, prebiotics and probiotics. Prebiotics and probiotics. Let's offer some definitions here for those of you that may not know what these are. Prebiotics. Prebiotics are fermented dietary fiber, or also could be called microbiota-accessible carbohydrates. Yeah, can I go to the store and grab some microbiota-accessible carbohydrates? Think of prebiotics as supplements or food for the microbiota that you already have. So you're giving your microbiota supplements and food by eating prebiotics. Now, probiotics, these are live bacteria or or yeasts. These live bacteria or yeast can colonize in your gut. So you're giving your gut actual live bacteria when you're taking probiotics. You can imagine that probiotics, you're going to have to have like the best quality in order for it to actually have any benefits. If you buy some sort of probiotic pill that's been sitting on the shelves for years and years, there's not a chance that it does what it says that it's doing. There's also something called symbiotics. Syn, S-Y-N, biotics is a mixture of prebiotics and probiotics. So you have symbiotics, which is a mixture of prebiotics and probiotics. There is even a thing called postbiotics, and postbiotics are the result of your probiotics consuming their food. So postbiotics are what your microbiome defecates as far as it's their waste product. Postbiotics, while being a sort of probiotic waste, are what may be exerting many of the health benefits on us as humans. The microbiome's poop is making us healthy. That's crazy to me. Augmenting the gut microbiome with low levels of prebiotics and and or probiotics while still focusing on eating whole quality foods, this leads to an improvement in our gut microbiome health. In cases of dysbiosis, where your gut is all out of whack, such as after taking antibiotics, during high periods of stress or traveling or changing your diet, Higher levels of prebiotics and and or probiotics can aid in recovery and replenish your gut microbiome. So all of these things that cause dysbiosis, high, high periods of stress, antibiotics, traveling to different countries, changing your diet, um, higher levels of prebiotics and probiotics in your diet at those times can really help to replenish and bring it back to life, your mi- microbiome. However, the excess intake of probiotics has been linked to the induction of brain fog. Therefore, if you have any experience with brain fog symptoms, you could try to reduce the level of supplements that you're ingesting and see if that takes away that brain fog. So that's very interesting. You can go too far here, it seems. Since prebiotics and probiotics are considered supplements, they are not FDA-regulated products. When choosing a supplement for you, Look for an independently validated product. Finally, the gut microbiome is uniquely personalized. Therefore, supplementation will impact individuals very differently. Just because it works on your favorite Instagram fitness professional follow doesn't mean that it's going to work 
on you. You have to do what works for you. So this is where trial and error comes in with so much that has to do with health, fitness, and wellness. So number three, moving on, is your sleep. Oh man, another huge pillar, sleep. Throughout many podcast episodes, I've emphasized the foundational role that sleep has in our overall health. It's huge. It's one of the biggest rocks that you could change and implement into your lives that will have the biggest effects on your health, sleep. Now, as the gut microbiome is highly attuned to the amount of stress that you experience, and it can do this through direct links to the cells of your immune system as well, it is essential to strive to achieve the proper quality of sleep, both your deep sleep and your REM sleep, and the total duration of your sleep. Generally, six to nine hours is great for us humans, but it's definitely individualized per person. It is also essential to manage your stress to ensure optimal gut microbiome health. Stress management is so important. You can listen to the masterclass episode that we did on sleep here at the Live in the Dream podcast, or you could even listen to episode two of the Huberman Lab podcast, which is called Master Your Sleep and Be More Alert When Awake. You can do this for more tips on achieving better sleep quality. There's tons of content out there on sleep right now. I can send you some if you have any questions. Just send me a direct message. Re reach out if you need any other resources on sleep as well. Uh, Sean Stevenson, who wrote Sleep Smarter, that book, if you have not read it, you got to read it. Sleep Smarter by Sean Stevenson if you have any issues with your sleep. So number three was sleep. Moving on to number four of the six key tools to improve your gut microbiome health. Number four. Avoid processed foods, and this is where I need the most help. Avoid processed foods. Food additives are ubiquitous in processed foods. Emulsifiers, detergent-like additives, these can disrupt the mucus layer of your GI tract. In animal models, emulsifiers reduce microbiota diversity, they induce low-grade inflammation, and can cause an increase in body fat, higher blood sugar levels, and insulin resistance, which we know that these are key markers for metabolic syndrome. Not great if you're looking for health. The typical Western diet, SAD, standard American diet, SAD diet, i.e. high fat, low fiber, and high in processed foods, this does not provide the gut microbiota with many of the key essential nutrients that it needs to thrive. When you eat complex plant-based fiber, the gut microbiota produces fermentation byproducts such as short-chain fatty acids, for example, things like butyrate, which you might have heard of before. These substances reduce inflammation. They help maintain the gut's mucosal barrier, and they regulate the immune system. And they also modulate metabolism along the GI tract, which is huge. You can metabolize your food better when you eat these plant-based fibers. To enhance the health of your gut microbiome, prioritize a diet rich in whole foods, plant-based fiber, and fermented foods. The nutrition that you eat is gonna be so vital in the health of your gut microbiome. So number four, do your best to avoid processed foods. If the earth grew it, eat it. If you can't pronounce half the things on the back of the box or bar or, or bag, whatever it is, you probably should avoid it as much as you can. Now, that being said, me, I'm a 
processed food eater. I eat food, I eat breads, I eat um, top ramen sometimes. Like I don't have the perfect diet. And one processed food item is not gonna kill your gut microbiome. Just like one salad is not gonna help it altogether. It takes consistency. So avoid processed foods as much as you can and try to implement those whole natural foods as much as you can. Number five on the six key tools to improve your gut microbiome health is artificial sweeteners. Yes, artificial sweeteners. Now, these are very controversial on the interwebs. If you go on social media, you'll find these camps that for some reason want to just kill each other because they have a difference in opinions on if artificial sweeteners cause cancer or not, or if they are good for your microbiome or not. It's, it's crazy how um, polarized these two groups are. But clinical studies have yet to fully tease apart the impact, if there is any, that artificial sweeteners have on your gut microbiome. However, within animal models, there is evidence that artificial sweeteners can disrupt the gut gut microbiome. A recent study showed that neuropod cells in the gut can discriminate between natural and artificial sweeteners. Further, these cells send a unique pattern of signals to the brain And depending on whether the sugars they sense are nutritive, meaning that they contain calories or non-caloric sweeteners, they can decide what to do with that food item. This is uh, things called neuropod cells in the gut. An interesting finding from the Human Microbiome Project is the high degree of individualization of the gut microbiome. Potentially, try removing some artificial sweeteners from your diet to see if you notice an effect. And also consider that artificial sweeteners might be capable of influencing your gut microbiome. So this is kind of arguable whether this could have an effect, but if it's not something that you've thought of yet, it might be something that you want to try. Those rock stars, those bangs, those energy drinks, um, any kind of stevia things that you throw in, maybe even your pre-workouts or your post-workouts. You should check and see if this could have an effect on making you feel better by removing them. My philosophy is with drugs and supplements and all that kind of stuff that you take on the regular is that if you take it for a certain period of time, you should also take a certain period of time where you're off of it. This can help drop your tolerance level a little bit so that you don't become dependent on that whatever it is substance. So your artificial sweeteners could be the same thing. Maybe you do a month where you don't intake it and see if you have any type of beneficial effects on your health. And if you don't notice anything, then you know that this probably isn't an effect for you. So number five, try out removing artificial sweeteners and see if it helps the way you feel. And the last one, number six on the six key tools to improve your gut microbiome health. Number six, don't over sanitize your environment. Yes. Microbiota are present on any and all surfaces, which have come into contact with the environment. Dr. Sonnenberg notes, exposures to microbes from the environment is likely an important part of educating our immune system and keeping everything in proper balance. When you get dirty, you educate your immune system on how to fight dirty. The gut microbiome is also populated from social interactions, including skin contact by shaking others' hands, hugging people, kissing people, all types of interactions like that. Interactions with pets and dirt, and grass, all of these things affect your gut microbiome. Over-sanitization of our environments or excessive use of antibiotics 
can eliminate sources of good gut microbiota. While it is still important to eliminate the introduction of disease-causing pathogens and harmful environmental chemicals, like pesticides, rodenticides, germicides, stuff like that, consider that many environmental microbes play an integral role in the establishment and maintenance of a healthy gut microbiome. So this is like the parents who wanted to keep their kids completely germ-free. They made sure that they had hand sanitizer and, and washed them so, so clean and never let them play out in the dirt. And these kids grew up to have some sort of autoimmune issue or allergies or something like that, where the body just isn't responding correctly to these things that we usually are able to fight off well. So number six, don't over sanitize your environment, get a little dirty. It's not going to kill you. And that's it, my friends, for this week's Megaphone episode. Each week, we're going to focus on sharing information that will help you with your health, fitness, and wellness journey. Share the knowledge that you gained with your friends and family and hold each other accountable. If you enjoyed this content, it does help a ton if you post on your social media stories a screenshot of this episode and maybe include one takeaway, one thing that you learned, and make sure that you tag me and share your journey. You can tag me at livingthedream underscore podcast or at coachdamian underscore SD, at livingthedream underscore podcast or at coachdamian underscore SD. Let me and your network know how this episode benefited you. Let's get more people on this lifelong learner train and join the Living the Dream team. Let me know if you have any other suggestions or tips that will help your team that I can discuss on future episodes. I will be right here with you, making us stronger, happier, and healthier humans. Until next time, friends, keep living the dream.